welcome to today's episode of Jazz Beats, your number one podcast for jazz news and entertainment. Here are your hosts, Jackson and Tyson. I think we need to apologize for our long extended break. Um, we had some feelings to, to leave, to, to kind of bottle up and that took some time, um, but we're back finally. Um, it's been a while. Tyson? It has been a while. I mean, my therapist really said I needed to make some. I needed to process my feelings before I started to go on a public platform and just <laughs> announce them. So this is it's probably a good thing. Yeah. I Which, considering three weeks or so, that's that's pretty good time. Is that good for is you that for recovering that quick? Yeah. 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 Um, I know a lot of jazz fans have been in deep depression. Some of them aren't even watching the rest of this the series. I have I have not watched in a full game since the Jazz have been out. Amen, brother. I'm right there with Spoilers, you. Spoilers: If you are just tuning in, the Jazz are no longer in <laughs> contention for the. That's not a. That's nobody. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think last time we talked, it was two two. Right, and we and still had a chance. Yes, we did. Um, jazz are out. They blew a two zero lead. In six, right? We lost four straight, so a um, lot to talk about about moving forward. I don't want to. Let's before we get into postseason. Let's talk about uh, our thoughts on what led to the final to the downfall. Yes, yeah. Um, I don't know. We we can talk about injuries all day long, but in looking back, Kawhi was out the final two games. The one game in Utah um, that you and I went to. Right. With Kawhi out for the first time, we were, everybody was feeling good. Right. Coming back to Utah, it was tied 2-2. Um, did we overlook a Kawhi-less Clippers? Like, what do, you, what do you think happened that game specifically? Um, we were competitive. Uh, we won the first two games. And then it looked like all the stars were aligning. There was CP3 was out for a few games, and it looked like we were going to move on with Kawhi being out and... Things were looking good. It was lining up perfectly for the Jazz. The the road to the finals for the Utah Jazz this year has never looked more clear. Yeah. To a fan, and I would think to the player and administration on the Jazz side. But that particular game where we gave the the lead to the series to the Clippers, I I really feel like it happens a lot where a star of the team is is out, right? And the other players in the team just have that momentum and that desire to step up. I mean, we saw it with Bogey when Mike and Donovan were out, right? Like he was he had like a 50-point game or a 49-point game. Like there's other players who have the skill and the ability, they just are waiting for that opportunity. And when it's playoff time, you can only expect the best of out of out of every player on any roster. And that's what I think happened there. I just think that the Clippers uh backup players saw the need and filled it up. I guarantee nobody on. Excuse me. I guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, Russ, Charles Barkley's here with us. That's terrible. That's just I terrible. guarantee nobody on the Clippers. That's my surprise for you, by the way. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Nobody on the Clippers <laughs> was thinking when Kawhi went out. Oh, poor us. Oh, there goes our chances. Oh, we've blown it. We might as okay. well pack up. Nobody thought that, right. and it showed. You look at um, Terrence Mann, for instance. Boom. Came in, had a Man. career night, scored more points than he ever has in his life in college or the pros, had yes. 39 against us in that game five. Against defensive players of the year. Later right. In the series. So nobody was was coming from the Clippers saying, oh. Are, do you think that the 
that happen on the jazz side? I think so. Okay. I think, uh, well, I did it as a fan. I'm not going to lie. Right. Oh, Kawhi's out. This one's ours. We got this. And especially with how we were shooting in the first half, I think if that's the game I'm thinking of, we, we made 17 threes in the first half. It was insane. Insane. You and I were at that game, and it was, I, don't even, I was speechless, dude. I was yeah. turning around and looking at the crowd. I usually chant something. I didn't even know what to say. I couldn't believe what was happening. But then you turn around and look at the score, and I think we were up five at halftime. But I know. We, we never really got more than six or eight points in the lead, and they, they really stuck with us there. Yep, with how well we were shooting, and I think we did overlook and We got comfortable with with our offense and then our defense was was abysmal it was terrible there were no adjustments made there was no uh fight from a lot of our guys we're still just um doing the same defense we have all year which is proven to work but then when it doesn't you you got to change something up because we were still just funneling our guys to rudy but they played small and they would swing it out and terrence Mann, a 25 percent three-point shooter went like six for ten crazy so Let's talk about the final game. Uh, there was some defensive strategy put in place there that was super frustrating to watch as a fan because you could see that it was not working. Now, we have the Defensive Player of the Year, and Jazz historically are a a, a great defensive team, and we are in the top five, I believe, in the NBA. Uh-huh. Maybe regular season. That may have changed postseason. How much, I mean, we're, how much blame, I hate to say that, where you put the blame, <laughs> but somebody has to own it, right? Like someone's got to take responsibility of what of the results. So, how much it, responsibility? Okay, let's, let's okay, let's tone it back. It how much? How? Where does the responsibility lie on the coaching side of things for having Gobert play the position and be asked to do what he did on defensive, or is it the players for not executing their roles? I wish I knew exactly how to answer that because we're not in the timeouts we're not in the locker room so we don't know exactly what was asked of the players and whether or not they fulfilled those those responsibilities asked of them or if they were doing what they were told and it wasn't working but i think quinn is an excellent um pre-game coach i think his his analysis of the games before is pretty good and his strategy going into into games is great he has developed this this system that they like to call it, this offensive system, and it works tremendously. This defensive system with Rudy works most of the time, but when when teams have multiple games to to work against us and adjust to our the things we're good at to our system, right? Right. I think that's where Quinn falls falls off a bit. Is he is I don't want to say unable, but hesitant to do anything differently if if right. things are changing up and, and teams are adjusting to our abilities at least at what it looked like to me it didn't look like he was trying different different strategies he was trying different lineups he was just sticking to the same thing expecting it to to play out eventually right and it never did to have that one player who only shoots 30 percent from the three but is shooting better and so that adjustment needs to be made gobert mentioned in his exit interview that that was the defensive plan the way they were executing it was what they were asked to do so to me it's sad for gobert the defensive player of the year to end his season his last game being scored on more than any other player on the entire team and to be i mean it's it would be easy to mock rudy gobert after that game i really want to thank ben simmons right now what a douchebag <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I don't know where because, you're going with this. But. Like you said, as soon as the, the series ended, everyone talked about Rudy Gobert's not the defensive player of the year. Look what he just did. Look what he let happen with, with Mann and with those other guys. But 
couple of games later, Ben Simmons got attacked by the by the news with how useless he is. useless on on honestly every every part of the court. He couldn't even play in the fourth quarter because of his inability to to make free throws, right. to to be aggressive. To he passed up a wide open dunk to kick it. His head was I don't know where it was, but he I need to scared. we need to seriously thank him for yeah, putting the, the the news pressure off of Gobert. Um, thanks Ben thanks for having our back pal Ben you the man honestly you know when you yell at a coach through the TV and then they don't do what you say that's hard when I was watching the game with Ben I was like coach if you want to win this game you need to pull Ben out he is the worst player on the court he cannot make a foul shot they are intentionally fouling him every time he's missing all of them because he's a crap player going down and scoring and the coach listened to me it was incredible were you were you saying that in game six about Gobert. Not not all those things, but the fact that he needs to come out. Uh, it, after. Because during, I couldn't see... I could see what was happening, but not as clearly as when I come back and I, and I see the an, analysts kind of dissect it in a sense. But not during the game. I was just kind of mad at Gobert. Yeah. And, and not realizing that what we were asking Gobert to do is... is virtually impossible to stand in the paint and then rush the three-point line and try to stop you, him. And if he tries to run by you, your momentum is never going to let you catch back up. So, At the end of the day, a pass is faster than a, a human being on their feet. And they well, were, we well, were expecting him to get to where the ball traveled in the same amount of right, time right. and contest that three. Right. We'll run some tests on that, but I, I'm pretty sure you're right. <laughs> um, so it's, it's been hard being a Jazz yeah. fan. We had such high hopes for this season. I think I, I told you earlier, my expectations were anything less than the conference finals I would be unhappy with. Absolutely. And I'm unhappy. I'm unhappy. And I think a lot of Jazz Nation is. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that we have that right to be. I was furious at the players. I just felt like they let it slip. Uh, after after watching their exit or their clean-out interviews, whatever you want to call those, locker clean-outs, I kind of come to a realization that uh, that they're just human beings and they're just normal blokes. Just they're disappointed, you know, and sometimes you get out-hustled, and, but they're still the good guys that we love, you know, the players as far as who they are as people. And I, I forgave all of them for their inability to win a all championship of them. for me. Nice. Yeah, every single one of good them. For you. Except... Nah, I think I forgave him all. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. Um, some positives, I guess. Uh, Mitchell is an absolute monster, and he was playing on a bummed ankle and was torching the Clippers offensively. I think he still ended up with 37 that final game on a bummed ankle, looking completely out of his element with his explosiveness and that. He right. just found other ways, and he was freaking tough. He adjusted. Right? Yeah. Like he realized he couldn't have the altitude he normally has and the explosiveness that he normally has. Well, he's, he said in his post game, he said, I never in my life have had to play below the rim. Right. He says, I have always been able to play above the rim and right. get uh, go through people, get right. above people. And he says, I had to adjust to, to playing that way. And he still The ability to adjust, us. though, is what like I like to highlight the fact that he was like, how am I going to help my team win with what I can do, which is... Awesome. We're so freaking lucky to have him. It's true. So I made the mistake of getting on Twitter. Oh, I don't know if that's your... That's, that's kind of my habit after games, mm. win or loss. And so my thoughts after we... we After the Clippers closed it out is let's let's blow this thing up. Keep Mitchell 
and do anything he says to get anybody he says on this team oh, oh. and get rid of them you're, all. You're just, That's where I was. You're wiping out the roster. That's what I was. I was wow. I was on Team Fire Quinn for a few minutes. I was I, on I, Team. I went down that road too. <laughs> <laughs> and so, if you're listening, stay away from from Jazz Twitter at times. Right. If you, if you know what's good for you, because Fair it enough. gets you in a dark place. Anti material. And, and I've kind of regressed a little bit. Right. Um, there has been some front office changes we'll get to in a minute. Right, right. But um, what are your thoughts on on what the team should be next year? Do we do we just run it back? We we had a good enough team, number one record in the league. Run it back. We'll have better luck next year. I'm going to say what we recognize that we have a need for is a stronger guard. Not 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 a specific guard, but more guard strength for the team yes. as a whole. Uh, so whether that is having, instead of having a high, high caliber player like Mike Conley, you split that into two above, above moderate players where one can, you can spread the minutes and spread the injuries for heaven's sake, if something like that happens, but you're training two, two players to do the same role and have the ability to have a better backup. And we do have a couple of players that are coming up that could possibly be off the roster next season. And um, you'll, you're better at those details than me. <laughs> But that's where I think the Jazz lacked is guards. We need we need more backup and guards. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think there's two holes right now. Um, the one is is guards and wings, especially. I mean, you look at these other teams around the league, and and they don't a lot of times aren't playing these elite offensive wings. Like they've got guys like Terrence Mann, for example, for who who's a, a decent offensive player. He went for the night of his life, but um, but he can defend and he's long and he's athletic. I think we need more Royce O'Neal type players to fill in those gaps and be the guys off the bench. And right. now they if, have if, to score points. I mean, I feel like right. the whole Atlanta Hawks is that. I feel just like the long, whole, the athletic. Whole, the whole team is just it. a buttload of a, a, just above average players that hustle. Yeah. And I feel like that's why they are where they are right now. I mean, you look at when we lost Jay Crowder, what did we actually lose? Did we lose his three-point shooting? Oh, no. average. Did we lose the toughness? Did we lose the defense? Did we lose the strength? It's that kind of stuff that we right. don't have anymore because right. we have Joe Ingles. I mean, granted, Joe plays excellent defense for what he is. Bogdanovich, who is inconsistent as I'll get at defense. Right. Um, and not that athletic of a player. Um, and then you have six foot Mike Conley and six three Donovan Mitchell starting, and six four Royce O'Neal. Right. We don't have the length and athleticism to stay in front of people on the defensive end. Right. I hear you. I like it. By, by the way, you mentioned Joe does a good job for for what he is. <laughs> not. Sure. I was hoping that would blaze over you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big Joe Ingles fan. I know. But I got to say, sometimes when I'm playing basketball, if I do a really slow move, they're like that. Was just like Joe. <laughs> I'm like, I thought I was going fast, you know, but he, anything that's slow motion. I really think he he kind of loves it though. Do you think so? That, that perspective. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Anyway, he he's with us for a while. Yeah. Right. Um, talking about who's not with us. Contracts that are up. Two big ones probably. Okay. After that, we've got some young guys that are up that may or may not stay. It won't be for much money. Mike Conley. Okay. And George Niang. And Niang is coming off an atrocious playoffs. What was his deal in the playoffs? And and why did he continue to see time is what I want to know. Um, because we didn't have any other guards that's true. to go to. <laughs> that's true. So it's, 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 is it on Quinn for saying, for playing these guys and not giving other guys another chance? Niang was still played. 
Um, he was still terrible every minute he got. Um, we didn't give those minutes to Oni or Forrest or any of that. Or is it on the people coordinating the team and and Quinn really has no choice but to play Niang some more? You know, did we not have the team in order to back him no, up? No, and no, 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 like no. a plan B. No, no, you know? no, we were short on players. Who you saw Oni play in the playoffs? True. That means we got no other option. Now, I, 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 there's nothing against Oni, but you want to talk about playoff teams that succeed? Their starting fives play 35 minutes plus a game, and the only time the other players are in is for rest purposes only. Now, when we're resting so far back that Oni's playing five minutes a game, okay, we got problems. And I know injury played a large role in that, and I'm not trying to excuse that. But we've got to be deep enough that that's not – that that's not the caliber we have to result to in an eliminating game in the playoffs. It just can't. Do the Jazz trade Mike? Have Mike Conley on their lineup next year? Yes or no? Mike doesn't have the Jazz on his lineup. Okay, so you think he's gone? He, I heard an interview with him talking about his free agency situation, and there was just a few um, time-sensitive, descriptive words he used. Instead of saying, you know, my time with the Jazz... Um, is great. It's going really well. He used past tense words like my time with the Jazz was good. Uh, I did a lot of things instead of I. I'm work. We're working on a lot of things. Every it seemed like in in his interview, there was a lot of past tense verbiage used, and it made me think that ultimately he doesn't want to lead on to it. But ultimately, he's definitely looking for an option outside. Uh, just and I'm not sure why. If it's just pay, because we're not going to pay him what we paid him last year. I, I don't see that happening. No, he was when he signed his contract. He was the highest played, paid player in the league five years ago. So I hate to go down the rumor hole, but go down it, man. Okay, let's let's okay, bring this da- on. Let's da- go. Damian Lillard. There's been a little bit of that from <laughs> Damian Lillard, and and it could all be crap. But did you know that we were paying Mike Conley like three and a half million dollars a year more than Damian Lillard was getting paid with the Blazers? So, I mean. Far out. Maybe we can just swap players and and we'll pay Damien. You got to remember, we now, after this year, we have to pay Donovan and Rudy. Their contract starts now. Right. So right, they're right. getting paid a lot more. We don't have as much flexibility to just swap them. Are but you, How many players are on the Jazz roster? 15? Uh, ish. Do you have to? What if you just get seven badass players <laughs> and, <you're, laughs> and you just cap every single one of them out you don't even have okay 10 players let's go to 10 players <laughs> 10 really good players mine my french uh and then you just save the salary for just having the best of the best and i don't know can you do that i don't know mm, sure let's do it ryan let's be the first let's team. do it okay um is it likely as, i mean as you, much as you we want it to happen no uh, we, i don't think we have the assets to be able to trade for him because he still has two or three years left. So it's got to be through a trade, but it seems like these days people complain enough that they demand trades and all this stuff that it's kind of up to him still because he can just say, trade me. And I guess teams do it now, Mm. but I don't think we have what Portland wants. Right. So I got to stop. I got to stop thinking that that's actually a thing. No. Okay. It's, it's probably not. Okay. Thanks for that. But we can dream and we can hope, but at the end of the day, probably not. So what are your thoughts on Mike? Mike? Is he suiting up oh, man. next season? I think they'll try to get Mike back. Really? For a reasonable amount. He'll um, have to go down and pay. Yes, definitely. Okay. It, it, but the problem is, is I think other teams 
would probably overpay for Mike. But that's just not going to fill the gap. You mentioned no. the two holes that we have in the Jazz and keeping Mike, and I love Mount Mike, just a high-class guy, he and his family. But that doesn't give us the height and the length that you're talking about that we need from our guys. I don't think it does. So I, don't I, I think I wish we would we would look elsewhere and, and for some of these guys and for the ability to get a small ball lineup. Right. You know, if Rudy has to come out because, like the Clippers series, we couldn't afford to have him on there. We need a lineup we can go to to have five guards on the floor, right? That teams are doing now, and we didn't. We don't have one. We could have gone to Ilya Sova. People are saying who's kind of a stretch big man who can shoot the three, but I, I don't think that was it. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to have a backup big that can stretch it out and relieve Rudy a little more than Favors did. Favors, by the way, was did not show up either in the playoffs, right? Um, so I, I would like to see what we can do with Mike. And either do a sign and trade for somebody or let him walk and, and use that money in free agency. I don't know. But I think the Jazz will go after him. Okay. What about trading in the minivan? Um, and that I I really don't care. Really? Either way. He can be gone and I'm I'm okay. Okay. I will sleep. If we trade in the minivan, it's gotta be for a Corvette though. <laughs> right. Right. Can you do that these days? The market is totally crazy yeah. right now, so maybe knows, it's it's happening. Minivans are hot. Actually, the fact that we're uh, graciously being sponsored for our podcast location at a Ford dealership that we traded in for a Mustang. That'll work. Rather than a Corvette. Let's do it. All right. Let's do that. <laughs> um, some big news this week, actually, that just happened. Dennis Lindsay is stepping down from his position with the Jazz crazy um is it a step down or a step over like it's so weird the verbiage of what he announced and what's come out is so still a role player weird it says he's he's leaving his possession to take on an advisory role does that just mean he's going to still be on speed dial that we can just ask him questions or does that mean he's going to be in the office still doing some things i don't know i don't know why we wouldn't still utilize his knowledge and why he wouldn't still be willing to provide it yeah you told me before the episode started um that you don't see it's going to make any difference what do you mean i i don't know i i don't know i just like it doesn't change my life in any way and i know he's done some amazing things as far as what he's done to get players here but the the steps that he's put in place for that i don't think that they're going to be changed in any way i still think we're going to still look and operate the same so uh, whatever that's kind of that's kind of how i feel like it's it's been on the news it's been in the national attention a little bit but in my mind not much is changing if anything it's just like kind of opening up another hole for another mind to come in right you know it's it's opening this position so somebody else can fill in and and maybe get another opinion at times and i don't know but it sounds like he's still going to be around right yeah he'll he'll still be around we'll still see him he might not be in the news anymore which is probably a good thing after what he was in the news for last season but that season is over. We have to put that behind us. We have the off season now. We're going to see some trades, maybe some moves, some drafts coming up, and then we're going to have some summer games, preseason, and we're going to be right back into the next season way faster than than any of us expect. Because normally championship games are being played right now, but they've been pushed out. So like the season, COVID, everything, we're just running a little bit behind schedule. I feel like by the time next season comes, it's going to be like a short off season. And the Olympics are here too, which Donovan way, turned down. Yeah, we should have talked about to that. To rehab his ankle. Are you glad? 
Yeah, 100% because we're more yeah. important than the rest of the world. <laughs> That's the mindset that we can't have <laughs> okay. these days. All right, Tyson? My bad. My bad. Um, Olympics are coming up. That'll be fun. It's always fun to watch the U.S. dominate the, the, the floor. We're cheering for Australia for a second. You are. Yeah. yeah, we'll take them in the, in the championship and see what happens. That'd be fun. Um, we will probably not as be... Whoa. We will not be as consistent with our episodes, I think. We'll come at you when big news happens. Maybe talk about the Olympics a little later on. Maybe do some kind of historic episodes and talk more about those 90s days. Yeah, that'd be fun. So that means that when you see us release a new episode, it's worth listening to. That's right. So we're glad to be back. You've been listening to Jazz Beats. Jazz season's over and it's so sad. Go and cheer against the Clippers this next game. So um, (laughs) thanks for tuning in. You guys are awesome. Peace.